lesson for this morning is the one, the, the first lesson from the second chapter of Genesis. And I think this morning is going to be a little bit different in my, my style. Uh, at, at, at my age, it's hard for me to change. But we can do that. Our text this morning is speaking about God's relationship, not only God's relationship, but him putting Adam into the Garden of Eden. May, may I ask you a couple of things? Um, you looked at the title, and there's a four-letter word in there. It starts with a W and ends with a K. In the villages, we don't speak that word. <laughs> Heaven forbid if we do. And how do you feel about work? What do you think? Pardon? It doesn't end, okay, it doesn't end. But your, your profession that you had before you retired, how did you feel about that? Uh, I've been in this, in preaching now since 73. So what, 45 years? This is my 45th anniversary. And there are times during that period, work was work. It was not fun. And unfortunately, in, in the ministry, as you serve God, you find that sometimes the people do not agree with you. And I can't understand why. <laughs> I just don't. But then, you know, I'm kind of slow up, up, up here. But our, our text talks about Adam being put into the Garden of Eden to do work. And if you look at, at, that, at that example, we see that there were several things that Adam was associated with. Let's look at it this way. There was a beautiful garden, okay? There were plants and trees that were pleasant to look at. There were trees and plants good for food. Notice one thing missing? So far, no animals to eat. The fruit was tasty and wholesome, and there were four rivers that went through the garden. That's how the garden was watered. The rivers provided moisture for the garden. Pearls, precious stones, and gold were found there also. And there was utmost harmony in that place. Let me read to you and refresh your memory of the text that we had from Genesis. The Lord took the man and put him in, in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. The Lord had commanded the man, you are free to eat from every, any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. Notice that there was no eating of animals. That kind of surprised me a little bit, but then I realized one thing afterwards, that um, eating of the animals came after sin, came into, the, into Adam and Eve. All right, also there was no sickness. There was no pain. Troubles and trials were unknown. Does that sound like a, an ideal situation? I know it would be for me. And work was something that was pleasant. It was not something that is drudgery, as, as we might see today. That comes later, and I will share that with, that with you. All this was given to Adam. All free from sin, a joyful situation, for Adam to work the garden. By the way, what, what profession did Adam have? Come on. He was a farmer, right? 
He took care of God's garden. And we are to do something similar, aren't we? Take care of God's garden in our sinful way. The work at that time was not work as we know it. The work was not tiresome. Adam didn't sweat like I am right now. This robe is kind of heavy and, and it's, it's, it's warm in here for me. Work was not a painful toil. Work was a joy. The desire to work was a pleasure. How many of you enjoyed going Monday morning to work? It's real, isn't it? Okay, let's continue. Desire to work was a pleasure. God gave Adam a wife. No arguments between husband and wife. That was not recorded. They had no disappointments, no disagreements. There was perfect harmony in the household. I won't go that direction. <laughs> All this was given to Adam and Eve because God loved them so much. And he wanted to have them have that special relationship with him. This was God's desire. Adam and Eve were perfect, and they were given perfection by God. And how long this lasted, we have no idea. Now, what do we all know from chapter 3, which is the second part of this sermon? What do we know? Because with that episode that happened, everything was destroyed, wasn't it? The relationship between man and, and man, the relationship between God and his creation, and the, the relationship between man and God's people, I mean, uh, God's animals. There are certain animals that are afraid of us, and re a good reason why. All right, with this episode in chapter 3, God said to Adam, you shall not eat of the forbidden fruit in the garden, but you can eat anything else off the trees. Hmm. Vegetarians, weren't they? Okay. What a tragedy happened. Tremendous tragedy. I, I feel it was the greatest tragedy in the history of, of creation. And that tragedy was man disobeyed God. That's the key issue. Man thought, you know, Adam and Eve thought they could go on their own. They thought they could be God or be like God because Satan gave them that line of you know what. And that destroyed God's creation. Something had to happen. Remember Genesis 3? Let me read some of the uh, thoughts in that. Cursed is the ground that, that you walk on. Painful, you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. And you will eat of the plants of the field by the sweat of your brow. You will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since you were from it, you will be taken to dust where you were taken from. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. You think about that for a moment. When you think about that passage, man, it just breaks my heart. Adam and Eve had everything they wanted, everything they needed. God had provided for them in perfection. There was nothing wrong with it. But of course, you know what happened? Adam and Eve disobeyed God. 
for the woman who continues. Desire you will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. I can remember when I used to do marriage counseling before weddings. I always went to the Ephesians passage, and I tried to explain, explain to them what that passage really means. And some of the wives were, or some of the fiancés, the women were happy about it, others were not. But I gave the order of creation, the way God wanted man and his wife to, to have that relationship. That's what is in, in Ephesians. And that's what we all need to know. Now for the man, Adam was not left out of this curse. Because you have listened to your wife, you have caused the ground, you have cursed the ground, and it will be painful toil for you to work. Thorns and thistles. Eat the plants of the field. Sweat of your brow. Return to the ground. And that last part, man was never intended to die. You think about that. God did not make man to die. He, he, he created Adam and Eve to be his gardeners and to live forever. Just think about what happened if we all would, would live forever right now. But that's the way it was intended. God's way was always the best way. But as you look at these, these two pictures in Genesis, in chapter 2, God is continually communicating with Adam and Eve. In chapter 3, he curses them. But somewhere in between, you see God's love. Somewhere between chapter 2 and in chapter 2 and in chapter 3 of Genesis, you see something very different. You see God stepping into this situation. He sees Adam and Eve in their distress. And I, I love when uh, that, that passage that says, Adam, where are you? And what Adam tries to do, yes, he tries to hide, doesn't he? Have you hidden from your sins? I have. At times, I have. But then I realize I have to confess them before God in order for him to, to make a difference in, in my, my heart and my mind, in my life. But it is only God who makes that difference. And it's interesting that God gives a special, special word to Adam and Eve before he curses them. Remember what that, that was? He meets Satan. And uh, Satan was cursed first. He was to crawl on his belly. It was a promise of defeat. How do you kill a snake? You step on his head, don't you? That kills the snake. Now, maybe not in, in, immediately, but that's the way you kill a snake. God gave the human race the gift of work. And I'm sure that you know that if you, if you have so much idle time, what happens? What, is, what does idle time do to, to you? It moves you away from God. Off, off times, it does. And that's where we need to be alert. God gave the greatest promise he could ever give to the earth. And we wouldn't understand that promise if it wasn't for the New Testament. But God promises that he's going to send someone to kill the snake. We know who that is, don't we? Because of the New Testament. It is because of Jesus Christ that the Father was so lovingly embraced with us. And he saw our condition. He saw our sinful race. 
And the one thing I like about this worship service is that we have confession right at the beginning of the service. We have to have that. Because in order for us to be in a special relationship with our God, we have to have our sins forgiven. We have to have that blood of Jesus Christ covering us. So we can approach our God. This Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. He lived. He grew to be a man. He ministered. He had disciples. And he showed what is necessary for the human race to be in a relationship with his father. You ever think about that? Jesus was the example for us to follow. And that's why we have the scriptures. That's why the gospels are there. We just read from, from the gospels about God's love. Jesus fulfilled all the Old Testament prophecies. And he went to the cross. God, the Father, concern was so much for us that he sent his only son up there. Would you nail your son to the cross if you had one? Lord have mercy, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I couldn't. But God did. Just like in the Old Testament when Abraham was, was uh, told to sacrifice his son, his only son of the promise, Isaac. Abraham would have done it, wouldn't he? But when, when that last moment was to, to put, to, and Abraham had the knife, he was going to put it down. God said, whoa, stop. And what, what did God provide? He provided substitute, didn't he? Just like for us. God the Father loved us so much and loves us so much that he sent someone to be the, the perfect sacrifice. And that was Jesus Christ. And Jesus lived, died, but most of all, rose again. And that proves, that is absolute proof for you and for me that our life with our Father will be eternal because of Jesus Christ. That's a promise. Now our focus is on the cross, isn't it? I really like that big one. Because you sure can see that when you come into the church, can't you? And look what we have here. What is this? This is the way we come into the relationship with our Father so we can't go to the cross. This baptism brings us into that special permanent relationship with our Father because it washes away our sins and it gives us the way to the Father. Our sins have been forgiven through the cross. I'm going to take a, and I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to. One of the politicians that I, I, I hear, and I'm sure you, you know who I'm talking about, when, when the spiel is given, the final couple of words are, let's get to work. That's what we're doing here, isn't it? Example, Julie, let's get to work. Work with, the, with God's field. Work with the people out there so they can have that same relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father. Think about what I said this, this morning, chapter 2 and chapter 3. I never, how should I say, I never looked at it from, from this perspective, but it is very different. It's the op they're opposites, aren't they? And yet, who's in, who's in the middle? Who stands in the middle? 
our Father. Because he loves you so much. He wants you to be with him forever.